2: is up, Wizards fans. Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm Matt Moderno. Jihadi White will be joining me here in a second, and we're going to go through the latest on the GM search. We haven't gotten a chance yet to talk about some of the personnel and staff shakeups that the Wizards have made in the last week or so, so we're going to get into that. And then we're just going to hit the mailbag and answer some of your questions. Most of them are for Jihadi and some really insightful ones about you know the position that he played in the NBA and what it looks like for centers moving forward and things like that and, and what the Wizards need to do on draft night. So We'll get into all that. As always, we're brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Etc. Uh, they're all delicious. They're the official drink of the Moderno family post-pickleball. So uh, definitely refreshing uh, after hot summer activity and things like that. Also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the, get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. From basketball, MLB, NHL, right to UFC and boxing, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite Vegas casino and card games that you can play right from your home. Head to the website today to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEF, BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Cool. With that out of the way, let's bring on jihadi and let's we'll just kind of get into this GM search. As always, pleased to bring on jihadi white. Jihadi, how's it going, man? How's your week been so far?
0: Good day, Matt, my man. Everything's good. It's the
2: weekend. And we made it. We made it to the weekend. <laughs> right. There's been plenty of playoff basketball and things like that, but I think the most recent one to talk about is just sort of uh the Warriors being eliminated last night because I think that has real ramifications. For the wizards i think bob myers the warriors gm has been the biggest name sort of on the potential gm candidate list and obviously anytime a gm that has four rings becomes available it should be noteworthy and the wizards are the only team looking for a gm right now so if he's going to leave golden state for anywhere it's presumably here unless somebody somehow makes a new position for him uh i guess you know just does the fact that the wizards haven't like notably announced much movement from an interview process signal to you that maybe Myers was the guy they've been holding out for all along?
0: I think it's the guy they should be holding out for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And now it's much more enticing on both ends because of, um, how the Warriors ended it off, you know, how they ended off the season, which means, you know, it's going to be some things that's going to be kind of shaking up over there. Mm-hmm. the warrior side of things to where it is it's kind of compete a new another project you still got some heavy hitters but you know clay is getting older Yeah, draymond is you know very volatile personality mm-hmm. you know that could be a good for the organization but also brings that organization a lot of uh of a lot of flack at times yep. um so and then you know them losing them not they're not making the you know the finals this year you know not like they normal normal like they normally did in the past so it's it's the right time to really target him it's the right time and if i'm the wizards i i, I would be holding out exactly for this time
2: I think that's a great point, too, and and I've seen a lot of online stuff, and obviously that's not a representation of the whole fan base, but there's a lot of Warriors fans on Twitter, at least, that are, are trashing Bob Myers about how, you know, he didn't even draft Curry, so he sort of lucked into this generational talent, and the team recruited Kevin Durant, so really how many of those rings do you give Myers credit for? And he's the one who's drafted Kaminga and Wiseman and Moody that haven't worked out like uh, I would happily take this and I think that's just a point that no matter how good a GM you are all your picks are not going to work out like you're not going to hit generational home runs with every single guy you take so even if those players don't develop long term it, it doesn't to me diminish his track record in any way it just puts him you know on par with other good GMs like even the Spurs and things like that you know there were plenty of guys that they whiffed on
0: well I think he, I don't think he did a bad job by recruiting Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman. We- first of all, you gotta understand Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman on any other team are very good players.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? They're, they're very good players on any other on any other team. It's a uh, Golden State is a uni- very unique situation. Mm-hmm. It's a very unique system to play in. Yeah. Everything is ran. First of all, everything is ran through Draymond, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a motion offense that's nonstop movement that's really predicated on Curry and, and Thompson getting the ball and and, and, and a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. Well, a guys, that's not you. It's not the average. It's not the average system. Yeah. So, so going to that system, you have to be so specific, such a niche and specific type of player. Not a great player, mm-hmm. but a player that fits the fits. system really yeah. well. Yeah. Right, so he did not, he did not make a mistake on getting great, good players. He may have made a mistake thinking that they could fit that very unique system. Yep.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you. And Kaminga being a really young guy, I think he actually looked pretty good to me this year when I saw him play a reasonable amount. And if I were them, I would have played him more in the playoffs. I guess maybe there were some. Uh, animosity with him and Kerr about he wasn't happy with his playing time and role, and it was reported today that if he doesn't have a bigger role next year, he's kind of already seeking a trade. Uh, You know, t- to me, it's just sometimes you don't mesh with coaches or fit into a, t- a team as well as maybe people think you would. You know, theoretically.
0: Yeah, me if I'm Kerr, I see why. I'm I, I would butt heads. I would personally butt heads with Kamie if I'm coach, if I'm Kerr, because. Kamiga wears everything on his sleeve, mm-hmm. body language, you know the way he does things, he's he, too vocal sometimes. Kamiga has to understand that the Warriors are proven already. Right. Right? Like, he's not going to come in and change the system. system already been there. They they already been proving themselves. You have to prove yourself to, to mm-hmm. them. They don't have to prove anything to you. And no matter how good you think about how well you can play, First of all, if you don't fit, are you trying to get in? That's not the way to, you can't whine or brat your way in mm-hmm. you know, or and then show bad body language. They don't, they don't have to have you. They exactly. don't have to use you. They don't have to utilize you. They have a talented roster. Mm-hmm. They made a this for without him. He has to realize how, how do I fit?
2: Yeah. Again, another great point. I think for me, that, that was sort of the most obvious thing of like, He like Kerr is making a point of like I've got undrafted guys here that that'll play the right way. I don't care that you're a lottery pick anymore. Once you're on the roster, you're on the roster. Like none of that, none of the rest of that matters. Although I do think they could have used him to guard LeBron a little bit. Maybe he would have fouled too much.
0: But I agree with that. But but he's not going
2: to come in and reinvent the wheel. Exactly. Uh, if I am another team though, and he does want out, this was a guy that that's a guy I would try to buy low on if I could. Cause I still think there's a ton of like really untapped potential there. And to your point, he might look better somewhere else.
0: I think he will. I, I, with him, he's not always going to be perfectly happy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's going to be ups and downs and anywhere he goes, he has to understand. It's going to be trial and error, you know, it's gonna be ups and downs, and it's I, my concern with Kamiga is if he's if he doesn't get his way or, or things don't go perfectly how he feel like he should things should go because the the player he is in his mind could it affect
2: any locker room? Mm-hmm. So, Johnny, I guess I got a question for you. Like we've seen Draymond get away, like away maybe with um, some temperamental stuff, and and maybe not be. Reined in too much emotionally. And now you've got maybe Jordan Poole having similar episodes. You think Kaminga's getting a little frustrated and stuff like that. I wonder if that just set a precedent for, like, hey, if we're not going to hold Draymond accountable for some of these outbursts, these younger guys see that and think that they can maybe get away with some of the same things.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, he's the clear leader of the team, maybe not the primary scorer. Mm. Right. Now, when Steph speaks, everyone listens, even Draymond. But he's the vocal leader, the passionate leader, the. Um, the the pretty much the. The one who makes sure that no one gets out of line on teams well, right? Um. So but also he's uh, he's just very high energy but very passionate you know mm-hmm. passion perks you know not really don't run a lot of things through the filter which reacts mm-hmm. so it gives a green light for a lot of guys to say okay this is the way we can go we can't act this way or or this is what we should do mm-hmm. right because when you come in you kind of feel things out and you say all right well i'm filling it out all right so this is how draymond Acts, just this maybe how he wants, you know, this how he wants people to really respond and get closer to him to be able to to uh kind of move along with the team, how the team energy goes. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. You know, and that can help out in some cases. And in a lot of cases it can hurt. I feel like it's starting to hurt, I hurt mean, for the young guys because yeah. if they don't have anybody say no mm-hmm. that's that he does that that's not how we do it. right you can't say but then you can't really say hey he can get away with it exactly right but he can um but we expect you to act completely different way
2: he's not the first nba player to punch a teammate i don't know if you ever had situations where someone punched somebody you know in a lock you know locker room or whatever their fights but he's the first one where we've seen not the video the, of it publicly. he's not the
0: first or the last Exactly. Not the first or the last, right? But, I, mean, I mean you can talk to any NBA player at any time mm-hmm. and they've witnessed fight within yeah. the practice or the locker room or somewhere. It's you spend so much you men spend so much time together all the time. Adrenaline's gone. Um everything is competitive, right? Um emotions are brewing. It's just it's it's basketball, yeah. right? And and Usually it happens. Most times fights happen in the midst of a practice mm-hmm. or a game. I mean, it just does, right? I mean, in the midst of practice or a locker room, True. when the in the midst of that battle. Yeah. So it's understandable. It's 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 always gonna happen. That's not something that's you could permit or you try to prevent, you know, something that you try to prevent. It's it's actually comes with the territory.
2: I don't see it personally as that big of a problem. Like, like you said, it's it's gonna happen. It's it's not a unique thing, but we saw it with Brendan Haywood and Anton Thomas here at times. Uh you had it two year or last year with um KCP and Montrez Harrell. And but we've never seen video of a teammate, a veteran teammate cold cocking his teammate posted all over the internet like that, so publicly. And then you have the team sort of not not really hold Draymond super accountable for it to the point where he's still talking about that wasn't a distraction. The distraction was that someone leaked the video. I mean, it's not wrong. It made it worse, but but you got to take ownership of your own actions. And, and it's not a coincidence to me that Poole had a worse year this year. Like it's not like last year was a total fluke. He didn't come out of nowhere to have this great, great year in playoff run. Like he didn't forget how to play basketball this year. To me, if you think your teammates hate you and you're uncomfortable and all that stuff, I, and I'm sure that plays a role in, in your confidence going into these situations.
0: Yeah, it does. And I think with Draymond it's not what was done, it was how it was done. Like mm-hmm. we, you've seen, we've seen a lot of fights. It's Brendan Haywood at time two big guys who can evenly match, evenly yoke. Nope. So it was. You can just tell I don't know Jordan Poole personally but you can tell he has a, a very uh, a type of personality to you know kind of takes to
1: mm-hmm.
0: kind of takes a a very patient person to deal with yeah,
2: I think he's a, he's a different sort of dude it seems like
0: Yeah he's definitely a different sort of dude right <laughs> So I can see how he can get to not only Draymond but get to the team right And it seems like he he's not a type that bites his tongue but at the end of the day, Draymond, that's, that's not a guy. I mean, I, I just felt like Draymond didn't really think that one out. He reacted. And I think the pool really, he looks like he can definitely get under your skin and push mm-hmm. buttons really easy. Yeah. Right? But um, it just wasn't a fight that Draymond needed to involve himself in. And knowing the guy wouldn't be able to fight him back. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what made it look really bad. If you saw a video of Draymond and and Kavon Looney or something. Kavon Looney going at it, yeah. you'd be like, oh, oh, cool. It would be a completely different story. Yeah. Even if Draymond walked over to Looney and Swan him. It, yep. Still be a different story. I agree. All right. But that's, you know, it's just you I think that's the bad part about it.
2: It just felt like to me that never really, um, it never really went away. Like that stink from that incident. Like the whole season, they just seemed a little off. And and I don't know if it's because of that, but I just I think that probably didn't it's help it's, them. It's because it got leak. Yeah, exactly.
0: It was a leaking part that hurt the organization. Right, right.
2: Can't right. Trust it hurt anybody. It hurts anybody? Yeah.
0: hurts the organization. Right now it's the stigma is. Now it's it's just like when things get leaked or things go to social media, mm-hmm. you know. Not to bring up, this probably not the best situation to bring up. I say it now, but uh, what was the Baltimore Ravens player that really got in a lot of trouble with his girlfriend on the on
2: the uh, uh, Ray Rice on an elevator? Yeah.
0: So consider the Ray Rice situation. Right before they, you knew something happened. Mm-hmm. The NFL already said we, you know, investigated, looked at it. You knew something happened, and they already kind of said, "All right, this is what happened. We're going to spend them for a couple of days just this, this it, right?" Mm-hmm. But when you saw the video, completely different story. Mm-hmm. Now it takes it, it takes it, becomes a monster on its own, which it should have. Mm-hmm. It definitely should have.
2: Oh yeah. yeah.
0: Well, the Draymond si- Dream Green situation became a monster on its own. Now. Mm-hmm. Now the 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 organization is under fire. Yep. Yeah, and, and I, now I think, that affects that trickles down. That affects from top all the way down to bottom.
1: Mm-hmm. In
0: every the team when the when it so now the the organization holding a lot of people accountable and putting a lot of pressure on all the players. Now the players are looking at who who's at fault, and now they maybe look at Jordan Pool as oh okay, well look what you did. You mm-hmm. know, not the guy who leaked the video. Mm-hmm. So now it just, it messed up with a lot of chemistry and camaraderie sometimes with a team. And so it, it
2: it breeds separation. And it's not the first sort of incident like that, that that came as a result of, of something related to Draymond. You know, there was the fighting with KD and things like that. And you know, a couple of times he's thrown ownership and management under the bus and said he had more to do with bringing in guys than they did. It's like, that's something I would ask Bob Myers about if I'm gonna interview him, as good as his track record is as an owner. I would just say, like, hey, how come organizationally you guys didn't shut that shit down more? Uh it would just be at least at least be on my list of questions to ask during the interview.
0: Well, just but basically what you're saying is do you or do you fear him? Or <laughs> is what was, was the whole entire organization in fear of Draymond? Yeah. Right? And if that's the case, if you couldn't control him or was scared to shut him down.
2: Yeah, what will you do here? Right.
0: What do you do here if we have a situation like that? Now now, granted, Draymond's a, a very, you know, unique personality. It's pretty it's pretty much one Draymond in the league. You know, it's always that. Pretty much one. You know, Charles Oakley at the time, you know, or you know what I'm saying? So but it has to be a bigger voice. It has, in the end of the day, it got to be some, you know, it got to be a honcho.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you're you going to have strong personalities at some point, right? It might be nobody as strong as his, but you might have a few like that. And and you just want to know what that GM will do to kind of nip that stuff in the bud, I think.
0: Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point. that's a, you know, that's a good point.
2: We'll see. Uh, It'll be interesting. I I definitely think the timing of this, we'll know a lot about what their priorities were and their preferences are GM-wise based on now that if he becomes available for these talks, like do we see a lot more movement on the GM side? And, And you saw the athletic report over the last couple of weeks that the Wizards have been compiling a list of viable candidates, uh, you know, things like that, and they're kind of slow moving. Um, they would say they I guess Josh Robbins of the Athletic reported that they're kind of in the early stages of identifying a successor, which I don't know, Tommy got fired a month ago at this point. Uh it, it seems like we should be a little further along. They've had some conversations with Milt Newton from Milwaukee, Trajan Langdon uh from New Orleans. You know, there's a couple other names we've heard. Some rumblings about at the very least, uh, but Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report said, for an incoming general manager, the expectation will be competing for a playoff spot, not rebuilding at least. That's what several competing executives believe. So again, someone's got the mandate, like you will build us a winner. Like there's no there's no organically start this thing over from the ground up. Uh, and and I again, I wonder still about what that, like is that as appealing to Bob Myers? I don't know.
0: That's it, a great it, question.
2: Um, it may or not be. I, I I really don't know.
0: So Bob Myers have to say, okay, what am I working with? Yeah. Do I like the landscape of what I'm working with and mm-hmm. what I'm able to move? Yeah. What am I? What are my possibilities? What am I capable of moving?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's my you know? What's my capabilities? What you know? Yeah. Am I handcuffed or do I have free reign?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Um. So if I'm by minds, I have to look at the entire landscape, look at the two coaches that was released. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and say, can I work with this? Is this anything I can do with this? Do I like, do I like the platform? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's first hand, mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I think it's not a bad
2: opportunity. Yeah.
0: I don't think the landscape isn't bad. Right. Um, it'll be tough. It's going to be tough to move certain players, but you get to, you get to do play a, you know, you be Rob Polika S, you know? <laughs> no. No. So. It's a, it's, it's not a bad challenge. Mm-hmm. Now it's, You don't want to go in as a guinea pig, but if that's if but everybody's saying, oh, you brought this guy in, you brought this guy, or if you believe you did it once, you you don't mind showing
2: that you can do it again. Exactly. I I I think that's the biggest sales pitch for him. Like you've got a lot of work to do in Golden State right now. Like you said, do you bring Draymond back? Do you bring Clay back? Can you afford to keep Wiggins? He's been able to operate way above the typical salary threshold. And that's given him some flexibility to keep more talented guys there than a lot of the teams have had opportunities to. So that'll be a big change for him here. But it's, you know, it's going to be messy for Golden State. And this might be a time if you're him to start over, come to an organization, and there's a lot less pressure. If you win anything here, you're a hero. Whereas if Golden State doesn't win another title with Curry, you know, it's your fault.
0: Right. I think with Golden State, it may be some blowing up happening. I just see it, you know, it's a lot of a lot of personalities, a lot of a lot of things that people don't get along, you know. It's so, you gotta move some major pieces because mm-hmm. I mean I just feel like Draymond has to go.
2: Yeah. And if Myers leaves, he know, definitely I, goes,
0: it, I think. Yeah, Myers Lee definitely goes, but I think I just I really believe he goes anyway. Yeah. Uh, just you have to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You almost have to. So in that situation, you, you pretty much taken the anchor of the of the entire offense and defense away. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, you took, you know, certain GMs rely on certain players. I think Bob my I think he really relied on Draymond. Yeah. So you taking his major, you know, his major card away. You know, let's let's go try somewhere else.
2: I, I would be happy with Bob Myers as the GM. I'm personally hopeful he doesn't bring Draymond with him. Committing big money to him <laughs> at this stage in his career would not be my favorite. I saw,
0: what, see, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Cause certain situations need certain type of players.
2: Yeah, that's true. He would shake some shit up.
0: He would shake some shit up here and and I don't think it'd be for the worst.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: It'd be some accountability.
2: It, it's right? I'm I'm actually less worried about his locker room impact here than I am just how much money he wants to make as a undersized 34 year old or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, he can't. Yeah, I don't know what. what I wouldn't trade any any of our offensive weapons for him.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: A major offensive weapon for him at all. But I don't see. I don't see a Draymond in Washington. It's a bad situation. With a Draymond and Brad, those two strong personalities, if they get on the same accord and push together,
2: mm-hmm.
0: they can push some guys into laying it all out there.
2: One of the things that even Brad himself has said is that he's not sort of the most vocal push guys kind of leader. He's very happy to be the first one in the locker or first one in the training facility and practice facility and things like that. And he hopes that guys will follow his lead and he knows when guys don't but he's not the one like hey we'll all be here at 5 a.m tomorrow morning and right. you know maybe somebody like draymond's like hey you, you need to get your ass in the gym is not the the worst thing in the world you
0: want to shake up and you wanna you want somebody to come in you need you need that big yeah. that you can, you can only rely so much on the coaches even though they're the coaches Players respect players
1: mm-hmm.
0: first. Yeah,
1: that's true.
0: Right, that to me, a, inserting a Draymond type or a Draymond
1: mm-hmm.
2: be really good for the be really really good for the. I I fully subscribe to the theory that every good team has at least one MFR on it. You know, right. like. You've
0: Got to be the right MF, though.
2: The right MF, for sure, but but we right. don't have any at this point. You can be
0: because the MF can easily be a cancer, or he can be a, <laughs> a, a you know a health asset. I think you I can think Drake might can definitely be an asset. I'm you know he's still gonna do all the crazy shit when it comes to yelling, yeah. trying to bully all the refs, which <laughs> right. is gets annoying. We do
2: enough of that already here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but in the end of the day, guys will be held accountable, and I think think accountability is the really
2: something that we've been lacking. Mm-hmm. Sure. There. Yeah. You heard it from half the players in the postseason interviews and Corey Kispert said it, you know, said the quiet part out loud, like nobody here is, is holding anybody accountable and uh, yeah. definitely do that. I think the other thing with Bob Myers too, it, it's probably pretty clear. He's a Bradley Beal fan. There was a lot of rumblings for multiple years that that was somebody the Warriors were interested in if he became available. So I can't imagine that that's, um, you know, totally a fake narrative. I assume that means that he at least sees him as a valuable piece, so maybe that is appealing to him when picking a job.
0: I think it is. So, with Brad as a GM, you can see Brad can work two ways, so you see a lot of fact. To me, Brad can be a Clay Thompson, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or he can be a Bradley Bill, if that makes any sense, right? He can be Clay, or he can be a Steph.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. But um are you bringing do you want Brad to more be the, the, not the go-to guy but the guy that the the re, the first release guy? Right. Yeah. And you build you build around or do you want to build around him? Mm-hmm. But either way it's still really two
2: good options. Yeah. You got flexibility there, which is nice. Yeah. Uh you mentioned here the other piece um Again, first uh, reported by The Athletic here, I believe, and then Ava Wallace from The Washington Post had it, but the Wizards have moved on from two members of the coaching staff. uh, You've got Alex McLean, the assistant coach and director of player development, was let go after six years with the organization, and assistant coach Dean Oliver's let go after four years with the organization. These were two kind of surprising moves to me. I think... Uh, Alex, by all accounts, had been one of the people that had had made major progress when they've had good development stories. He'd been kind of at the forefront of that. And then Dean Oliver, I guess, is less surprising because he was a holdover from the previous coaching staff and and somebody that Scott Brooks brought in here. But he's like credited as being, you know, one of the fathers of of basketball analytics, and he helped Scott Brooks kind of put together a efficient offensive game plan. And you're the Wizards and And you ran sort of a a less efficient offensive game plan. It sounded like Dean Oliver was someone they tuned out this year. I think rather than fire a guy like that, that's a dude, maybe you should have listened to his input a little bit more. Um, So I I don't know, at the very least, it just signals to me that they're going to give Wes like every opportunity here to prove he's worth keeping around beyond the season. And I think he probably thought he didn't have any of his guys, so... Let's give him a fair shake and say, All right, now you've got all your people that you want. Like, let's see how you really do.
0: Right. So, coaches come with their own philosophies,
2: mm-hmm.
0: no matter what coach it is. Sure. Assistant coach, mm-hmm. right? They come from a certain program. Yep. Wherever they learn early on, which 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 coach they were under the hat, most of their coaching had the most coaching impact on them. Mm-hmm. That's usually the philosophy they take. Okay. along the way they then they grab bits and pieces from everybody else mm-hmm. so so i understand where what's coming from well when i'm coming here if these guys are all just here they are already stuck on this on their own philosophy yeah right so first of all now they not only have to buy into my philosophy first right mm-hmm. but then as i'm asking them questions all of they are all, all i'm getting is their philosophy regurgitated back to Right. So now we have three, three different philosophies that I'm trying to fight against. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Which probably don't work with, with what I'm trying to, the system I'm trying to produce. Right. So then now when I'm trying to, when, when, when I'm trying to be the head coach, I need you to pass on information, to pass down information, you're passing on the information that you feel is best. Yeah. what you see like from your or, perspective
1: or you're not bought
0: into in what i'm saying right? Yeah. i need you to pass my perspective yeah. on sure. right mm-hmm. so i think that's the first thing um and you talked about uh you know what was the one coach with the analytical
2: coach uh with, dean oliver he wrote bas- oliver. basketball on paper
0: yeah. yeah basketball on paper right yeah. so if you think about west young west most likely, he got a lot of his yeah, basketball an, knowledge from Big. He's,
2: West. An old, he's an old school guy, for sure.
0: Right? Old school guy. Yeah. Right? And if you keep breaking me down analytics and stats of and and percentages of all the, right? And mm-hmm. so now we need to do this and do that. I think Big, I mean, I think Young West is a more, I feel, I test. Sure. You know, he feels out like the game a different way. You know, he. he... He eva- evaluates the game maybe a different way. Sure. So I need guys who can break it down in my way, and and I need a a team, right? Some soldiers who all fight in the same way, for the you know, are teaching the same way. So I understand that.
2: It's it's not surprising from that perspective. And if you weren't going to take his input, you don't want a lame duck assistant, you know, with with the name that people recognize. So I, I get it. But just watching the offense they ran this year, I think that's a guy I would have wanted them to take more input from. Uh, that's been responsible for more cohesive, um, efficient styles of play. So I don't know. I wh- whatever he does, I, I hope it it's a better fit. But um, at the very least, this just signals like, all right, West, like this is your chance. Like there are no more excuses for you beyond this year. So gave it gave you everything. Uh, and uh, we'll see what that means. All right, uh, Johnny, let's jump into some, uh, some fan questions here. Uh, Erson Demir asked, um, what's the biggest difference between the big men in your era and today's era?
0: The big men in my era were more enforcers. They were there to be enforcers What mm-hmm. was, that was there to, uh, play back to the basket basketball or protect the rim. Right. Um, give hard fouls and, and just be enforcers in the pain, right? Mm-hmm. Not no more, no less. Sure. Right. So which was great. I think I loved it. You know, I played that area. is the game mm-hmm. I played this. Now the game is much. So na- the, the game was played back then with us inside out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now the game is outside in, mm-hmm. right? So, which means now they call everything. So, we couldn't even play the game now because everything that's not a foul back in our day is a foul now. Right? So, also, we would protect the paint. So, if everybody else could switch on the pick and rolls, we would stay home. Mm -hmm. Right? The whole thing was to protect the paint. Now, they don't want you to protect the paint. For a big, you have to guard one through five. So, if the big can't move, that's why there's less bigs out there. Mm-hmm. The bigs have no can can move on defense, or or they have to be so effective that they have to somehow create, produce a different defensive scheme so he can he can be effective offensively.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But that's why you see really good bigs in college, and they never go to the NBA.
2: The, the Zach EDs of the
0: world and stuff like that. Because yeah. they don't, they if they can't guard one through five. If the five, if the big cannot literally guard a point guard, you have to be able to guard Steph Curry to play
2: yeah. as a big now. And to stay on the court like, in the playoffs at the very least. Yeah. You,
0: you got to stay on the court in the playoffs. So, you know, you can't just have a big man mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, so now the bigs that's. More, very effective now like the 80s right then you the the uh, joe Bs because they're they're more them they they can play more back to the basket they can uh, elbow extended shoot threes mm-hmm. right and they can move their feet so they even training they even training that if you watch joe B game it's just a bigger jason tater <laughs> <laughs> it,
2: it, He's got the soccer footwork in,
0: in a yeah. lot of regards, yeah. right? It's all footwork. And then you look at and you look at Jokić, right? Jokić, like his passing game is impeccable. Like, he think about how many assists he gives. He gives game. Now, he still can play back to the basket. Still have touch. So you're not even seeing seeing a lot of the bigs that that are. Like back in our days that you're not seeing those bigs exist anymore. These mm-hmm. bigs are completely different type of big, right? They have to be so versed. Yep. So and, and which is great seeing, but that's the
2: only way as a big is gonna last in this game
0: I kinda miss to it ask.
2: to be honest. Like I, I like college basketball for that reason. I like seeing old school paint basketball, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree, right? Not I don't know, it, it to me, without that, it loses something. Yeah, the game loses a a major like some flair, a major
2: part of the game. It just becomes more, I don't know, stylistically the same if you don't have at least some of that. it's out. a
0: it's a whole bunch of duplications out there now, yeah. Yeah, right? We're watching the same player. You know, it's it's only now it's only two positions: guard and full. That's
2: mm-hmm. true. Right. Yeah. You're some, and, and some of these guys are all of the
0: above, you know. Monotonous, monotonous right. You're just watching the same thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, basically, perfect segue here. Marcus At- Atkinson asked, What is the future of the big man in the NBA? Do you think there will ever be a chance that traditional bas- uh, back to the basket big men will have a role in the NBA again in the future?
0: Hopefully it comes back because everything, you know,
2: cyclical. Yeah.
0: <laughs> everything is cyclical, like yeah. you say. So hopefully it comes back. And it's going to be a point that NBA becomes just too soft, mm-hmm. too, too. You know, I understand you want to get a more exciting, faster in the game. And now it's going to be a point to where what happened, I think analytics just kind of killed the game, me personally. Because then it, it once it became a, let's um, match threes with threes, right? Because with a big, you can't, the big is two points. So you can't keep, can't match three points with two points. You're just going to end up losing the game unless you really shut down the three, you know, three point shooters. But the game had once if that ever goes away, then you can go back to some traditional. Big.
2: Yeah, I was curious if like if there's a rule change or something that it, that makes it more valuable to kind of have that skill set again if you move the three-point line out or instead of playing twos and threes you play threes and fours and devalue the three point shot a little bit uh, you know something to something well, to end, kind of offset that.
0: Well I know it's like the end of my tenure in it in the in the league once mm-hmm. it's, it's all these rule changes and every rule change every year was to take away yeah. take away more from a from the big and I and it started it was all and I know it's, it's still Shaq. Shaq was it probably the greatest thing that ever happened to the Big Man, and the worst thing to happen to the Big Man? Because <laughs> it, it was all, it was everything was built off of not being unfair. It's unfair he is large. It's unfair he's able to do this. It's unfair he's able to do this. Oh well, let's make it more, let's make it more equal. Now let's Shaq can only get three seconds to hold the ball at the ball. Let's, he can only get three seconds in the paint to mm-hmm. get a shot off. He can only, he can't do this now. You can't have the elbow in the back now. What can we do now? Yep. If I'd known this was coming, I would have learned how to shoot thousand jump shots a day <laughs> yep. like five years before this, yep, right? Sure. And so what it did is just turned small ball. Then I went west and it kept going smaller and smaller and smaller. And this is
2: the evolution to all of that. Yep. I, some of the things you just mentioned, I would actually like to have an official on here at some point because I see this even playing pickup. Like guys don't, People don't understand some of the nuancy rules and, and the difference between college and the NBA, and and even just how you can legally guard people. When you could put a forearm on them, can you not put two hands on a guy? Like stuff like that, I think is kind of a, a lot of us fans don't really understand the intricacies of of some of the things you all had to go through just to guard certain people certain ways.
0: Yeah, seriously. I mean, and they change it every year. Right,
2: <laughs> it's a lot to keep track yeah. of.
0: It, it helped certain guys out It, it was it for to be have certain guys to be able to do more mm-hmm. and be more flashy and exciting and certain guys it is it, it was for to limit a lot of other guys yeah. so and what happened it really limit the big man
2: mm-hmm. yeah that's a good question that, that marcus asked though I, I will be curious to see where that goes in the next couple of years um
0: it won't hmm. be the next couple of years. You have oh, to yeah.
2: next 10, about 10
0: 15 10 years down the line. Right. Maybe right. you see kind of how if things even start to go in that direction a little bit, because right. I feel like it's unfair to all the players that's sixteen and over right. that worked so hard to go to college, then worked hard to be that to be in college and be successful in college and make an impact in college,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like now. They have to pretty much say to themselves, "I'm not an NBA type of player, right? Not because I can't play, because just they just re- completely deleted my role from that from that game." Yeah,
2: I I could see Drew Timmy being an effective player for the Indiana Pacers in 2001. <laughs> you know, like that would have been right. fun to watch. Hey,
0: come on, man! That's that's to me that's unfair. That's it's
2: it's not right. Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, you you've definitely kind of moved away from that. So maybe there's some way to incentivize going back to that. We'll see. Uh Juan Garcia asked uh do the Wizards have a quote starting point guard? I haven't seen one of those on this roster since John Wall was kicked out. I don't see one. I haven't
0: seen. One. Yeah. Same. That we don't we 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 lack we lack recruiting in an area.
2: Three really good backups in my opinion. I like Monte. Mm-hmm. I, I like Delon. I even like Jordan Goodwin as a start as a ba- as a high caliber backup. We
0: have great role play. We have great system runs. Yeah. I call exactly. yep. We got a great general go here, go here, do that, do that. Right. But that's not a point guard in this league anymore. I
2: think Ravens fans especially listening to this will get this analogy but for for me growing up a Ravens fan like it was the Trent Dilfer model quarterback you know like just the guy the game manager that's what Monte is to me right. he's not going to win you games but he's the guy that like maybe doesn't lose them for you
0: right, right. It's say, he, he's coach safe
2: yeah exactly
0: right I know I'm putting him in. he's not going to give me turnovers not getting ready to do um Throw bad passes. He's going to make sure everybody's in their positions. He's going to run my offense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? But you know, who's going to – I, I need a point guard who can create a bucket. Yeah, Not, not always give me – be the person to give me the bucket, but yeah. to be able to create a bucket. Mm-hmm. When all things fail, if, hey, guy, a hey, point guard is in your hands, I create a bucket.
2: Uh, my my good buddy at Bulls Forever, Kevin Broom, and I have talked about this a, a number of times, and I think we're kind of split on this one. Like He doesn't think a, a point guard change moves the needle that much for them. To me, I, I think it would be a significant boost for them if they had somebody that does exactly what you're talking about, that makes those other guys better, not just himself and is slightly better than Monte, but someone that drags everybody up a notch. I think is the kind of guy you need. I don't know how they get that person with with the assets they have available here. But um that that's to me what this team needs to take kind of that that next incremental jump if they're gonna keep this score.
0: We need a point guard who can get in the teeth of the defense. Yep. kill on the paint. We need mm-hmm. a aaron Fox. We need, you know, a um um spider Mitchell, you know. We need a certain we need a point guard who can that is also can score, can put Points on the paint, right? So now you you got a point guard that can get in teeth in the defense, and you got to respect that he can put points on the board. Bingo. It frees up everybody else.
2: Do mm-hmm. so you know what Jalen so Brunson working,
0: working right. the per- <laughs> perimeter, and I'm running your play, working the perimeter, right? Like some red running some red R back stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm with you.
0: You know, yeah, I'm I'm always going to be useful. I'm always going to have a job, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, making the world spin.
2: Exactly. Yeah, th- that doesn't move the needle for them, for sure. Uh, along the same lines, can we get a win? Asked, what does this Wizards team need to be not only a playoff team, but a contender for the NBA championship? I would say that position Makes them a playoff team. I don't think it makes mm-hmm. them a contender. The two is two positions. Okay.
0: So I think it's, it's two positions, and it's and it's a, and and it's a personality. Mm-hmm. I think you got to get a dominant big, and I'm not talking about Porzingis because I am not consider him a big. You got to mm-hmm. get a a, 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 a five man who can really protect the basket, really rebound. All right, you don't really have to score. And if you need them to do some dirty work, catch some by scoring fine, but got to protect the basket, really rebound. You need a point guard, just like we said, but we need a dominant personality,
1: yeah.
0: All right? We need a, a dominant personality with some that, that's, that players are willing to follow and can create some accountability.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now they make. Come into the in with it
2: usually comes in with a point guard. That's true. Good. Yeah, especially a high end point guard that people have to respect and pay attention yeah. to. I, I think I'm
0: unless you want to get Paul George, it seems like he might be a, being a Paul uh Chris Paul, he might be available. I, I
2: was I was yeah. wondering how hard of a move they they make for a player like that. That seems like a very wizard's thing to try That's to do. And, that, that would scare me, a guy that, you know, you're probably, at this point in his career, maybe getting 50-some games from. and yeah. on, uh, We we just got lucky with Porzingis' health, realistically, and Brad had a, a pretty banged-up season, like, bringing in Chris Paul at $40 million a year to also, you know, get banged up. Like, you better have a damn—you better keep a damn good backup. Um, right.
0: The but, game moves like this. Now. Yeah. It moves up and down. Yep. It, and— that ancient basketball is just is is on its way out and I just hate to say it. But, you know, if you watched the Lakers game last night, you saw. Look how fast that game moves,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Look how fast it goes up and down. Look how fast that like, when they when they made their runs. You know, again, the ball's moving. It's it's no calling plays, no set like setting anything up, setting up a play. It's the last option.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to be freewheeling and let guys make some plays and go. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing I would add to what you said on on the big suggestion is it, it's somebody that can do the dirty work for Porzingis, but I think can also be switchable enough. Like Porzingis, I don't want having to chase guys around the perimeter if he doesn't have to. And the notion of playing him. And Gafford together, these two drop coverage bigs. Like, I, I just think good teams with good guards are gonna shred you if you do that. So, whoever's next to him has to be more more mobile laterally than than he is, yeah. at least.
0: Exactly, and that's that's what I'm saying. Now
2: we need the like the
0: conversation, the question you asked before, like the, the fan asked about if the bigs with the big, you come back or why the bigs aren't like they are now. Because they had like you have to have, be like you said you have to be a pushable big. Mm-hmm. That's so that has to come that or that's pretty much a given. You have to be that type.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, along the same lines, four thousand yay asked, "Do you see us drafting a franchise-changing player with this pick?" I think it depends on where they end up. If they win the lottery on Tuesday. uh, Yes, I do. If they end up eighth or ninth, probably not.
0: I think that's the goal. Yeah, right, right. That's definitely the goal, you know, but I think that's every team goal that has its first seven picks. Mm -hmm. You know, any team in the top seven, that's their goal.
2: Unless you're Tommy Shepard, who said he only wanted to draft role players.
0: No. No way. Well... (laughs) Why so he's not here what, anymore. How, we can see how that what that led to. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Uh CD chat asked, What is the latest on the GM search? We already answered that. And will the Wizards really go into this draft without a new GM given their poor draft record? I think there's a zero percent chance that they don't have a GM by draft night. By they will by by they the didn't. lottery. Maybe they, they not, but
0: right. They will like like, like you said, they didn't go. Get a scout or a, a company to go try to find these gems. Ted said, "I'm, I'm taking it on myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Me and a couple of people that I respect their opinion. We're going to get go get a a gem based on what I feel. I do trust Ted's um, his opinion when mm-hmm. it comes to that." Right. So I think, uh, and and just, I know that he's definitely going to get it way before the draft. He's going to bring one in. Yeah,
2: I, You have to, it would just be such a bad look. Like, I mean, you, you can't go into, into the biggest, you know, especially if they end up with like a top five or a top four pick, like it would be crazy. Uh, yeah. I Although I don't know, maybe if you win the lottery and you, Everybody knows you're gonna take Victor Weminyama. Maybe you don't need a a, a GM to, to be there for that. But
0: do you take Victor Weminyama? So what so how does that work? I mean you don't get him. I mean we're not I mean I understand he's one or two, but just after possibility, can't play him and Pozingas together.
2: I think uh you tell Chris Tapps, we've enjoyed your time here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh in, enjoy Minnesota or wherever uh, Chris, or Portland.
0: Chris or. Chris Steps name become Chris
2: Steps. Exactly, I mean, step step of, of Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. Yeah, he's too too good to pass up on at that point. It's a question: is what do you do with everybody else? Do you fully rebuild? Uh, I don't know. And and that's what Kurt Bone, our last question asked: like, should we blow it up and rebuild or build on what we have? Team wise, You already said that Ted wants to build on what they have, but you know, if certain things I go think a certain it's a way. Yeah, agreed. You re- retool around Brad and, and see yeah, what Yeah,
0: I think it's a little, you keep two, you got to free up some good money. You got to free up some, you got to free up. I, I say you keep half, yeah. you know, keep the right pieces and let a lot of pieces go. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'd be trying to do, like you said, what what Rob Polinka did at the deadline and just gotta, flip the right guy, you know, flip people for the right guys.
0: Yeah, you got to pull a linker. Yeah, they pull a linker, man. So.
2: Uh, Last thing I want to ask you about is this um, Anthony Davis concussion thing and sort of the Stephen A. Smith coverage of it. I don't know if you saw this video, but Stephen A. came out and said, like, he can't believe that A.D. is going to miss the next game with just a concussion, and he can't believe that he needed a wheelchair to get him off the court, and it's so soft, and the league's become so soft, and all this stuff, and then said, like, Afterwards, when he got asked to apologize for that, that it wasn't he wasn't saying that concussions aren't serious. He just can't believe that A.D. was going to act like he got a concussion from that play as if like a soft hit to your head can't also cause a concussion sometimes. So I don't know. You played in, in the league in an era where concussions were probably not as big a deal and people didn't make as big a deal about them. So I was just curious sort of your take on them. Anthony Davis concussion situation and, and that sort of uh, take from Stephen A. Smith.
0: So you, know, you play against the Kim day and Shaq <laughs> and, all, and yeah. elbows everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think during our day, we would play through a concussion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We literally would play through a concussion. Yeah. I know I have. Yeah. I know I've got hit by Shaq one time so hard. And just my ego would let me fall down, <laughs> right? But and I was like, I'm trying to run up and down the court three or four times till I can see again. I yeah. literally did that,
1: yeah.
0: right? Doesn't mean it's the right thing to do or it exactly. makes sense, exactly, right? So now that you know what you know and it's more information out there,
2: mm-hmm.
0: if he feel if he if he has a concussion, right, like. He knows how he feels. Yep. Now, I, I know the, the stigma with AD. Some of it, you gotta be like, I call my son AD sometimes. He, he, <laughs> he keeps getting hurt. He made That's AD. That. So I, I get that. So sure. I see what, but the thing is, and I, I wanna say this correctly unless you really ever played on that level of physicality, in this game. Yeah. Like, why? Listen, I get it. I get the stigma with AD, but you mm-hmm. unless you got hit like that before, <laughs> or you understand that. Yeah. Right.
2: Don't talk on it. Yeah. Well, you don't know. Yeah, you can't right. You can't you can't tell him how he should feel about it.
0: yeah, you can't tell him. So and the thing is, it's, it's too many people who never really can even accept a hit like that or Mm -hmm. played to the point to be in the, in the war. Cause he was right under the basket when that happened, like to get hit like that. I understand those, some hits that don't look like anything feel like everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And then sometimes you can fall on your, on your back or something on your head. And that's the one that you can get right up from. Mm -hmm. So so you never could tell what a a hit in the head. Exactly. You know, it's always some, so, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's tough. Cause everybody is a, you know, wants to speak on everything. And I think, you know, from a, from that perspective, yeah, you, you can say what you, you think what you see in the game, but when a man gets hit in the head, right. right, You gotta know. Now me, I've get hit in the, I I have, I, I literally have, I mean, I took some elbows from the Kim even at George's mm-hmm. just when he come back. But then you know, I've, I have. Like I told you, man, I, I have. And then I got tested for a concussion later on in my life,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it read that I had four. Yeah,
2: I believe it. Yeah,
0: right? Yeah. So players deal with concussions every day, and most of them, they don't even know they have. Yep. So, I, I, you know, I don't hold AD, you know, anything against AD for really making sure he was
2: okay. We had a. Six six center in, in high school. We're playing in the summer league outdoors. It was hot as shit, and he caught me right in the face, like our guy on a rebound. I was just at elbow level, and mm-hmm. I I was like throwing up about thirty seconds later. Like it 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 was rough. Blacked
0: uh, out, right? It was, like,
2: it was bad. I mean, like so. Yeah, yeah. I've I've taken harder hits. You know what I mean? It just it catch you catches you the right the, way sometimes.
0: Right time, right place. You know, in the right point of your in your head, you know, it don't always have to be the hardest hit. It just has to be in the, the specific spot.
2: I think that's why you, you're Stephen A. Smith. You have a platform like that. You just kind of got some grief for saying that Kawhi Leonard should have played through the MCL tear and things like that. Like, if you're like, hey, the guy rolled his ankle, you know, I would have liked to see him go back out there and tape it up. Like, that's one thing. Uh, but, but a head injury, a back injury. A serious knee injury. Like, just shut up. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, young kids are listening to that and they're like, "Oh, I could you're a concussion too."
0: Right. Young kids are listening to this. I, I, I watched. I watched first tech I watched Steven It's entertaining. <laughs> sure. It's entertaining, but the people I listen to on the show, yeah, right. I, I just look at him as a, you know, he's a, as entertaining Exactly. If he's speaking right. He, he has a big personality, right? He's entertaining. But it's certain opinions that I only look for when I'm watching that show. It's not... Yeah. Mo- majority majority of the opinions that I am looking for are not his.
2: Exactly. Or Mad Dog. I don't even know who the, the shit Mad Dog is, but that guy is so terrible. <laughs> Bob coozy I uh, Exactly. Yeah, it, <laughs> Pistol Pete
0: would have never done that. <laughs>
2: Come like on. I, oh, dude, right, so, so, let me tell you, get this straight. You like Larry Bird, is that where we're going with this? Right, um, right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, those are rough. Yeah, uh, I feel bad for for JJ Reddick and Tim Legler oh, and, and oh. Richard Jefferson and these guys. Like it's, it's. And
0: impossible. they just have to shake. They just have to shake their head a lot of times. Yeah. The only person who really speaks up and say, "Look, guys, we understand it's your job here, but." You have no idea what you're talking about you never experienced it you never lived it and you sound ridiculous
2: yeah they they need to hear that sometimes i think
0: yeah
2: uh Johnny, anything we haven't touched on here that you want to hit before we get out of here no
0: no i'm good, I'm good. i enjoyed the show
2: i think uh, i think we've covered it up hope you know hopefully by the next time we record there's a new gm to talk about or something we're, we're starting to hear about other teams scheduling like draft workouts and things like that, we have not heard that at all for the Wizards. So, uh, you know, hopefully, those are happening behind the scenes and just not being talked about. But but they don't want to sure. get too far behind the the curve there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they are. I mean, listen, Wizards are a basketball organization. They're not new to this. They've been around a long time. They not <laughs> they not stopped in the entire right. train just because of the GM situation.
2: Yeah, and I, uh, you know, John Thompson III knows what a good basketball player looks like, so he can sit in on these workouts and and make sure they Absolutely. get through the, the you know, the right things. Uh, all right, everybody, you know the drill: rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, we we're presented by BetOnline.ag, and we will catch you next time.